precious baby this morning. Uh, be with those uh, today who are struggling. Help them to remember and recall and or, Lord, gain an, a greater understanding of just how uh, important it is to lean on you and to follow you in this difficult time. And for those who are doing well or just it's just normal, um, a normal year, everything's going okay for them, no no difference uh, in their minds. Lord, just help us all to realize and, and remember how important it is to follow you. Um, we ask your guidance now as we look to your word. Uh, thank you for uh, just another morning to celebrate uh, with my brothers and sisters in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I thought I had all my ducks in a row this morning. I had ordered a shepherd's hook or staff uh, earlier this week, and I had kind of set my notes aside, and I didn't think about it. And yesterday on my bed, there was this uh, package, and it was a shepherd's staff, but not this one, because I forgot it at home. This is the church's. I think mine has more of a curve right up here. And uh, I just said, as we're going towards Christmas and as we're memorizing Psalm 23, and I want you to keep Psalm 23 in mind as we go through our messages um, here as we draw near to Christmas, uh, we think of our great shepherd, the Lord uh, God, our Lord Jesus Christ. And when I look at Psalm 23, it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so the rod, you know, a lot of times would be, I think, this end of it. This is plastic, so I can't really make that sound, right? Uh, a rod is something that can help guide. Anybody ever show hogs? I'd be more like a hog than a sheep, you know. Whack, get to moving, you'd hit them, guide them this way, and then you'd guide them that way as you show them for 4-H. Nobody's ever shown hogs? Did you, is that what you did, or am I wrong? You're going to come show me? Oh, okay. But sheep, you can do that too, a little bit, right? Um, maybe I should have some volunteers. Any volunteers want to come up here? I need some sheep or some lambs. All right, come on up. Anybody else? I mean, a lot of us have worked with cattle. I, I need a couple. I need some Herefords and Charlets and Blacks and Black Balls. All right, come on up. Any more? I need a little herd here. So I, I won't pick on all of you. Who's willing to be picked on the most? Lindsay's pretty good about it. All right, Maverick, okay. And so, you know, if you're sorting cattle... And I think sheep is a little different. So we're, we're, i got to get away from this in just a minute. But a lot of times you can get that stick out there and try to sort them. You know, they're coming down the alley or something. And, and come on by and wait, you got to get them over there. And, you know, anyway, sorry, I'm getting out of hand. All right, Lindsay, come back. Getting one, one's running away from us. But for sheep, you know, they follow the shepherd, right? So, but sheep herding is different. In different areas. I don't know if they follow all of our shepherds here today. I know we have some people that have sheep. The only time they ever followed me or my dad was when we were shaking the 
corn bucket, right? It had corn in it or something. But in the Middle East, they could tell, remember, by the sound of the voice. And shepherds would come together and water their flocks. And then as they would leave, or even at night for shelter, for protection, they would come into one location. And as they'd go out, the shepherd would say something and some of them would follow them. But the staff here, there's a lot of different uses, right? If there's a bad critter coming at my sheep, what can I do with this? Whack it it or even kill it. Maybe have a club, a staff would be, man, really getting after it. But with sheep, as they come through, come on, Lindsay, you know, maybe she's got a sore spot under her front leg here, lift it up. It's, it's plastic, you know. You can uh, kind of use it to look her over. Yeah, problems. We need to help fix that. Put some oil on it, some olive oil. And I don't know why you were rolling in the stickers. But anyway, you can also, you know, if they're getting away and they're not doing what you want, bring them near instead of a rope, right? Or, or pick up their back leg, you know, and the hoof is a little, she's been foundering, just, I don't know if sheep founder, do sheep ever founder? So, you know, let me get my knife out here and trim your hooves up a little. You need to stay out of that stuff. Okay, quit eating that stuff. All right. So there's a lot of things the staff can do. So, thinking about it, it can help guide. And it, the one thing, Lin, Lindsay, I was thinking, what am I doing? I'm bringing you closer, Right? And it's good to be close to the shepherd, right, Lindsay? Yep. And when I was thinking about this, that this morning, I'm like, Lord, thank you for drawing me in close. Because there's sometimes I'm like Lindsay, and I want to go your own way, and oh, wait, I better not be too harsh there, but <laughs> this is plastic, right? So yeah, that's probably more Josie. Lindsay never gets out of line. Josie, you know, we got to keep her, <laughs> Right? But the Lord is a good shepherd, right? And this can also be used for discipline. Okay? The sheep's getting out of line. You ever have any unruly sheep? Usually it's the, the males that are unruly, or sometimes the ewes go and they're going the wrong place, but we can smack them, right? And say, get back in line. Let... let the other you get a drink first, okay? But there could, it could be used for discipline. And so I just think it's important for us to, to remember how good a shepherd we have. He cares for which sheep? All of his sheep, right? Even the quiet ones, right, Claire? Okay, you guys can go back. But he can guide you, he can correct you, and the crooked end can draw you in. He can draw us nearer. And it thinks of, makes me think of nearer, 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 precious Lord, to the cross of Calvary, right? Draw me nearer. And the Lord is good. Um, you know, then we come to Christmas time. And the other thing, kids, I was going to say, uh, some of you already have one, uh, we have a candy cane, right? Right? And the candy cane kind of looks like a shepherd's staff. And the candy cane, let's see, is this a J this way? Yeah. Stanford 
Jesus, right? You know the candy cane story, right? But Christmas is a time when we can count the beautiful blessings of our coming Messiah. He is the promised shepherd. He is the promised shepherd. And we sing songs of worship. We praise Him for what He has done. And it should remind us that He is with us now and He's got many great things that He will do for us. Today we want to look at how the promised shepherd is worthy of our loyal praise. Our loyal praise. And so in Matthew 2, verse 6, Matthew 2, verse 6. Now, there's a few translations that do not say shepherd, they say ruler, and that's legitimate. But here the word in the Greek comes from and can be used as a shepherd. And so, Matthew 2, 6, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler, uh, and one translation, a governor who will rule, but a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And so today I want to look at how the promised shepherd is worthy of our loyal praise and loyal because not only do we give him praise by coming together and worshiping him and coming together on, on our Christmas program and singing praises and doing specials or doing a Christmas cantata, right? Or going out and doing Christmas carols, singing praises to the Lord, but praising him and how we live, right? Memorizing Psalms 23, right? He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. For His glory. And so, we're going to take a little time this morning to reflect on the promised shepherd. What does it mean and where do we find Scripture about the promised shepherd? And so, in Matthew 2.6 is a quote... And a fulfillment of Micah chapter 5. So keep your finger in Matthew. And also go back to Micah, one of the minor prophets, not far, not too much before uh, Matthew here. It's easy to miss, and I should have marked it because I'm having trouble. Um, If you can remember where it is, uh, I was thinking it was before. <laughs> oh, mercy. Pastor Lee's struggling today. I one time had thought I had memorized it there towards the end of the Old Testament, but I can't seem to be finding it. There it is. I was thinking it was Micah, then Zephaniah, and then all right, here we go. Micah chapter five, <laughs> verse two. So you're a little farther back in the beginning of the minor prophets, okay? So Jonah Micah. 
But we're going to focus on why we should give loyal praise to the chief shepherd who was promised. Okay? So in Micah chapter 5, and we'll also spend some time here in, in Matthew chapter 2. So as we look at this, first I want us to reflect upon the shepherd and how he is uh, sovereign. Can we click to the next slide? How he is sovereign. And when we come to this passage, we find in Micah chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Now muster yourselves in troops, daughters, daughter of troops, they have laid siege against us. With a rod they will smite the judge of Israel on the cheek. Now here in this first verse, it's important for us to understand that there were some problems going on in the Old Testament where the kings had continually turned away from the Lord. And there's a couple different options here as to who it is. Now, I think it's probably for Zedekiah, King Zedekiah, and his humiliation by King Nebuchadnezzar. But King Nebuchadnezzar was a Babylonian king. And later in the passage, we see references to the Assyrians. Okay? And so some say, well, it's probably Hezekiah when Sennacherib, the Assyrian, had mocked Israel. Now the reason we think it's Zedekiah here is because Zedekiah tried to escape and he could not outrun the Babylonians. Horrible things happened. He should have heeded the prophet, but he did not. And as he tried to escape, he was humiliated. He, he saw um, them destroy his family. And before that, we see that they were bad rulers and a bad shepherd because he, like many other kings, did not turn the people towards God. But then we turn the page and it's still partial prophecy concerning this king at that time but then it points to a specific king or shepherd who would come in the future. And so Matthew 2.6 is a fulfillment of Micah 5.2. And it says, But as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. Now, verse 2 is specifically about Jesus. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child, then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel. And he will rise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Notice it mentions shepherd here in verse 4. And they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace when the Assyrian evades our land, when, the, when he tramples on our citadels. Then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight leaders of men. That is, they will have ample ability to dis- defend and destroy their enemies. Um, they will shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword. Um, and it goes on. And so it comes back to this reality of this future ruler, this perfect ruler. And so when we come back to this, this uh, Matthew 2, 6 passage, I think it's important to see what it's quoting, the fulfillment of where the, pas- 
where the fulfillment uh, is taking place, uh, the prophecy that was given. And so in Micah 5.1, we see again that these, these, there are bad kings throughout the Old Testament. Bad kings. Rulers. Who are supposed to be shepherds. That is, leaders of their nation taking care of the flock of God's people, of the children of Israel. And they failed again and again. But this ruler had power to lead and to watch over. But not the power that God would give His future Messiah, Jesus Christ. And so we find that there's this promise in Micah 5.2 of this perfect ruler who would need to fulfill these specific prophecies. When we read Matthew 2.6 and Micah 5.2, what do we think about? We usually think about when Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Right? Specific prophecy that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Also that He was a descendant of David. But here we find that this ruler will have power and authority. In verse 4 of Micah 5, he will shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Micah 5, 6, he and his sheep will have power over the enemy, over Assyria. And so we see that he will have a great authority, great power. And we find in, and you might keep your finger there in Micah, but in Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, we find the fulfillment of the promised shepherd who came and was born in that specific place. For out of you shall come forth a ruler. Okay? This ruler is not any ruler. It's the Lord God. And because of that, we know that He is just. And therefore, as a just king, as a just ruler, not only just a ruler, but a shepherd. And so here in, in Matthew 2, 6, the word from the Greek is shepherd. But we know that shepherd can also mean ruler. But it says here, Come forth a ruler who will shepherd. And the connotation here is someone who will actually do what is just and right. And so he is a just ruler. When we think about the Old Testament, 1 Kings twenty two seventeen, 17, um, we're not going to turn there, but when you look at that passage, we have uh, the king Jehoshaphat who allied himself with the king of Israel. And they had all these prophets dancing around and telling them to go forth and fight and they would win. And, and the king of Israel, uh, you know, he's like, okay, the king of Judah, he didn't really believe it. He says, well, let me have Micaiah come. But the king of Israel did not like him because he had prophesied against him so many times. And he comes forth and he says, you know what, don't. You know, I can't speak the truth. The Lord doesn't want me to tell you what's going to happen. And they get the word out of him anyway. And they didn't listen to him. But he promised, or prophesied, he didn't promise, he prophesied 
in his answer that he saw the sheep scattered on the hills without a shepherd, meaning that the king of Israel would die. The reality was Israel was basically the northern tribes under King Ahab was under someone who wasn't a shepherd at all already. They did not do what was right for the people. And many of the kings of Israel and Judah, more Israel than Judah, but towards the end, even Judah succumbed to bad kings who led them away from the Lord. They were unfaithful rulers, unfaithful shepherds. Therefore, they, they were now literally going to be kingless or shepherdless. And so the rod and staff, when we look at Psalm 23, they comfort me, right? Psalm 23 says, that your rod, your staff, they comfort me. Jesus, the Messiah, will be swift to judge. And the Lord Jesus Christ, He is one who will discipline His children. And when we feel that discipline and when we see His perfect judgment, we can grow in our willingness to follow and obey and trust Him. When we have good leaders, we are willing to follow them. But if they keep telling us things that don't happen or things that are leading our nation or, or you know, our community in the wrong direction, I don't know if we've ever had that, but if they were to do so, that trust is swiftly broken. Maybe sometimes it's not broken as quickly as it should be, but it can be, right? But the Lord God can be trusted because He is a perfect ruler and He is faithful isn't the Lord faithful? In Matthew 2.6 here, it's in fulfillment of specific prophecies. In Psalm 23, uh, we know that He guides us to what we need, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still or quiet waters. He restores my soul. He gives us what we need. Sometimes we don't know what we need. You ever try to get a critter to go into a, a greener field and they don't want to go? They don't want to hit the gate? That is so frustrating. Sometimes we're like that. We won't go to a better place. We think we know what's best. Makes me think of John 14. We're going to spend a little time in John as well, but John 14 uh, verse 1, turn to John 14, verse 1. Another good passage to memorize. Jesus is talking to the disciples on the night of the Last Supper. He's telling them what's going to happen, and now He's comforting them in verse 14. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. Verse 3, it says, if I go and, and Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We can trust in the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ is going away, but he will come again. He is faithful. He is the, the perfect ruler. And when he comes back to rule, he will come back powerfully. 
But one more truth about our great shepherd and ruler, he is gracious. John 10. Look at John 10. And keep your finger in John. John 10, 17 and 18 says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. We see His great power, but we also see His great sacrifice. Therefore, we know He is gracious. He is loving. He is compassionate. He cares for His sheep. But He defeated death. And He will return. He will return powerfully. He will deliver Israel. If we look at that Micah chapter 5 passage, we see the truth of that. Those prophecies. But He fulfilled some prophecies. What was promised in Micah, He fulfilled. In Micah 5.2. Zechariah 13.7 foretells His death. Zechariah 13.7 says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man, my associate, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd that the sheep may be scattered and I will turn my hand against the little ones. But Jesus is a good shepherd. John 10.14-16 says, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep. And he goes on bringing out the truth that it's not just going to be Jewish believers. But Jesus is a good shepherd. Jesus is a great shepherd. Look at Hebrews 13.20 and 21. Hebrews 13.20 and 21 says, now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd. Did you see that? Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing. It goes on as a benediction here. But Jesus Christ rose again he, our great shepherd. He is our great shepherd. Now, John 10, 17 through 18. Again, I, I believe I read this already, but for this reason the Father loves me because I laid down my life so that I may take it again. Only He can lay down His life. No one can take it from Him. He has, He had, and I want you to see this time as we looked at that passage, the power. Even though He laid down His life, He is not a weak shepherd. He is not a weak ruler. He is a powerful ruler who rules with truth and justice and mercy and grace. We can trust Him. Now, Jesus is a faithful king who will also return. And so, while he has fulfilled some prophecy, he will fulfill more prophecy. 
First uh, Peter chapter five is a passage to under shepherds, to pastors. Pastor is another word for shepherd. I like this word a lot more than I like the word reverend, which means we deserve reverence, but I usually don't. (laughs) I, I mess up way too much. And even though I am just an under shepherd, a pastor, I have a great shepherd who leads and guides me as he guides all of us. But in this passage, as he's talking to these under-shepherds, in verse 4 of 1 Peter 5, it says, And when the chief shepherd, who is that? The Lord Jesus Christ, appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Jesus Christ is coming back. He will fulfill prophecy. Jesus will rule with a a rod of iron. He will. Uh, This morning, Sunday school talked about the the donkey, right? King coming in peace. When Jesus went in on Palm Sunday, he came in on a donkey. You know how he's coming again? On a war horse. Right? Revelation 19. Revelation 2.27 says... And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. As I also have received authority from my Father, it goes on to say. And then Revelation eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the, of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ and He will reign forever and ever. The Lord Jesus is coming back again. He is a powerful ruler. And he is a perfect ruler. He is a shepherd. You know, Christmas is a time to celebrate fulfilled prophecy of the Messiah's first coming or advent, right? It means his first coming. There will be a second coming, a second advent. And so when we think and worship and celebrate, think of worship and celebrate Christmas it should remind us of the great promise that will be fulfilled of His second coming. Praise the Lord. So the reality of specific specific promises fulfilled leads us to the great tender truth that we are not left alone now. Did you get that? Knowing He's coming again, leads us to the great, wonderful, and tender truth that we are not left alone now. The Lord is my shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, the Lord God, is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And So this should lead us to follow Him wherever He wants I'm going to quote Warren Wiersbe, right? He states on the Micah 5, verse 2 passage, that whenever a prophet foretold the future, it was to awaken the people to their responsibilities, to their responsibilities in the present. 
Bible prophecy isn't entertainment for the curious. It's encouragement for the serious. And so the great reality of the wonderful truth that Jesus fulfilled prophecy in the past reminds us that he's, the prophecy about him in the future is going to take place. And therefore, in this in-between, one, we know we're not left alone. Two, there is a great responsibility for us now. And so while, you know, the main idea here today is that we uh, praise the Lord, I hope you see the word loyal. First and foremost, that you're following Him. Are you following Him? Now let's move along here. Second, let's reflect on how the shepherd supplies how he supplies. And there's, there's a couple of things that I wanted you to focus on this morning about what he supplies. One, salvation. He supplies salvation. The sacrifice of the shepherd for your salvation. We've read several passages about that. The good shepherd. John 10.11. Look at John 10.11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So another passage. John 10.7 though I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Salvation. He supplies salvation. But only for his sheep. If you would, were to read verse 24 and following, especially 27 and 28, we find that it says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them. And they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. But the other sheep, if you start at 25, they're not promised this. 26, you're not my sheep. You don't believe. You are not my sheep because you do not believe. But not only does he supply salvation, he supplies sustenance. Again, Psalm 23, 1 and 2, I've already referred to it, but... Remember, his labor, that is his work, is for our salvation and for our welfare. Psalm 23, 1 and 2. And to Peter, in restoring him and giving him his under-shepherd mission, Jesus said in John 21, 15. So John 21, 15 in the next four or five verses, Jesus is restoring Peter and saying, hey, wake up, you failed. But wake up, you have things to do. I have a job for you. And he says, tend my lambs in verse 15 of John 21. In verse 16, he says, shepherd my feet, my sheep. <laughs> wow. You guys awake? Should have laughed anyway. Maybe not, I don't know. Shepherd my sheep. And that word there that's translated shepherd is the same word in Matthew 2.6. In verse 17, tend my sheep. But he supplies sustenance even through his under-shepherds, but Jesus is the chief shepherd and he tends He cares for. 
He watches over His sheep. Who's that? All of us who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Who have truly turned to Him. Trusting in Him. We are His sheep. We have believed in Him. Not only that, but He supplies direction. John 14, 6. Do you have this memorized? I'd encourage you to memorize John 14, 1 through 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by through me. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. John 10, 4 when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus supplies direction for us. Right? He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake, for his glory. These are good paths. may not be easy paths but they're for His glory. So a shepherd does not rule with... I mean, yeah, there's, there should be a healthy fear of the consequences of turning away from the Lord, right? Today we have a lot of fear-mongering going on. There's a big difference. Okay? And, well, with a horse, I've learned I have to gauge my voice. They learn, and even a dog, Right? We can all make that comparison. They could, if they've gotten in trouble by you before, they can tell by the inflection of your voice. Okay. But Jesus is a perfect ruler and a perfect shepherd. There's no fear in following Him because we can trust Him. And there's a lot of people praying off of people's fears today as leaders. But Jesus, He leads us as our gentle shepherd, the chief shepherd. And so do we follow Him? How do we do that? Do you know Him? Do you know His voice? Do you know what He desires? Are you walking with Him daily? Do you worship Him? If we really know the Chief Shepherd, Jesus our Messiah, then we would worship Him. And we would be loyal to Him. Are you loyal? I just find it interesting here in Matthew chapter 2, verse 6, you know, where we're always focused on, hey, there's going to be a ruler, the Messiah, that's going to be born in Bethlehem as he was, that also this ruler would be a perfect leader. That word shepherd has the idea that he's going to lead in a perfect way. Not only is he sovereign, perfect in his goodness, perfect in his power, but he's... He's the one who supplies everything we need to be able to follow Him down those, in those paths of righteousness for His name's sake, for His glory. And so are we loyally 
following him to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the reality that today uh, we have you um, guiding and leading us, help us to be sensitive uh, to you. Help us to follow you fully, Lord. And Lord, I want to pray here, Hebrews 13. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, may he equip all of you in every good thing to do his will, working in all of you that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Jesus' name, Amen. Could we have some youngsters come forward to take up this morning's offering? So I've been encouraging you all to memorize Psalm 23. For us to to memorize the Word of God. I also think it's highly beneficial to memorize where the books of the Bible are, and I guess I need to go work on the minor prophets. Uh, so, in Psalm 23, I had have had to memorize it over the years again and again and again. I mean, it's there, but it's not there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Knowing the Word of God, I believe, where we can reflect upon it without getting out a mobile device or getting out our Bibles is highly, highly advantageous. It's good for us. It's profitable for us. So please, even if you don't